I have been forced to learn how to really keep the peace and I've been learning how some things just are not worth my time or my energy to respond to and um, more recently I feel like fighting to get the last word is is not worth it and being petty is not worth it no matter how annoying some people can be and how some people can really try you it's like people some people will fight tooth and nail with you and it becomes so exhausting like at this point what am I fighting for like it's above me and the phrase it's a battle has really become my catchphrase because like we all know life isn't easy and I'm not fully where I would like to be spiritually yet but I am getting closer and um, overcoming pride was and still is part of my testimony because I want to win badly. Well, my flesh wants to win anyway, but I reached a level of maturity, thank God, that not even winning, and I put that in quotes, is worth losing my peace over. Right now, I value peace over everything. Like, I will let it go. If I have to, if it's going to cost my peace, trust I will let it go, especially since I've already won all that I need in Christ. Hey y'all, I'm Dara and this is Free Indeed, a podcast for him, by him, through me. And it's been quite some time since the last episode. I did take a break, but we're back to our regularly scheduled programming and I hope I remember how to do this. Today, I'm going to take you on a journey about how Jesus was revealed way before he came in the flesh on this earth. So it's going to be sort of like a timeline type of um, episode. And it seems like a simple phenomenon, like, oh, it's the word of life. Of course, Jesus was was um, revealed before he came. But it shows once again how God keeps his word. And the whole word of God teaches us about Jesus, not just the New Testament. Whatever the structure ends up being for this episode um, is not my focus, but I am delivering it to you the way God gave it to me. So I'm, I'm explaining it the way that God showed it and made sense of it to me. But before we break this down, let's pray. God, I thank you for the truth and the wisdom that is in your word. I thank you for the privilege to teach and I thank you for this platform. I pray that you would use me to plant a seed with this message in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so let's begin. Jesus has been mentioned all over the Bible. He's been implicitly revealed. This is everything that indirectly talks about Christ and shows a bit of his character. As you spend more time with God and his word, you see that you've been with Jesus the whole time, not just when you got to the New Testament or when you got to the Gospels. Um, the first scripture I have is Genesis 1:26 that says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So what stands out here is let us make man in our image. And God is the one speaking here and he has finished preparing the earth and is now about to add the final missing and desired piece, which is mankind. 
God made day and night. He made vegetation. He made seas. He made the stars. But when it came to mankind, God, the triune, said, let us make man in our image. So this was a collaborative effort from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus has always been here, but this will continue to unfold in today's episode. For all those who may doubt Jesus' existence as God, the translation, tyrants, please read it in the original Hebrew meaning too. Anu is the word used here, and it is plural, meaning more than one, as in multiple persons. Some may say, okay, it could have been angels, but that doesn't make sense because God created angels. And just to dive deeper into this for um, a little bit, Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created that in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. So Paul here is explaining the superiority of Jesus and makes the point that all three, all things were made for, by, and through him, and that includes angels. Nehemiah 9.6 tells us, You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, all with their hosts, with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. So Nehemiah declares that everything in heaven worships God. This again includes angels. Angels are not God. Jesus is. We are not made in the image of angels. We are made in the image of God. So I just wanted to clarify that so we're all on the same page and we can move on. The next piece of this timeline happens to be the genealogy. And the first thing I want to say is that it matters. So think about your family tree and everything your family did and your role, importance, contribution, and how it connects to you. The same also applies to Jesus. The names play a part in the life, role, importance, and contribution of Christ. In fact, let us look at the genealogy from Adam to Noah in Genesis 5. Adam had three sons mentioned in scripture, but Abel was murdered by Cain, and Cain was cast out as a wanderer in chapter 4, verse 13. So we are left with Seth. And Seth had a son named Enosh. Enosh had a son named Kenan, who had a son named Mahalalel, who had Jared, who had Enoch, who had Methuselah, who had Lamech, who finally had Noah. And without understanding, these are just names. But if we translate these 10 generations of names into their Hebrew meanings, we get man appointed, mortal sorrow, the blessed God shall come down, teaching his death shall bring despairing comfort rest. So what do we see here? We see that through the lineage of Adam up to Noah, Jesus is prophesied to give us rest through his death. I just want to let that breathe. This is, um, we haven't even touched half of Genesis yet. This is still like Genesis when was Noah? This is chapter six in Genesis. And we already hear the prophecy. We already hear the gospel, basically. Man appointed mortal sorrow, the blessed God shall come down teaching his death shall bring despairing comfort rest. That's everything Jesus did. Notice how this isn't that far. I mean, compared to where we are now, this isn't that far after the fall of man. And there's already a plan to bring man back to God. But moving on, 
Jesus was revealed as savior, not just through genealogy, but through symbolism as well. When Abraham was tested in Genesis 22, God said in the second verse to take his son whom he loved and sacrifice him. And Abraham followed orders only when Abraham was about to strike his son, God immediately said, don't lay a hand on the boy and that a sacrifice would be provided. This with um, the wisdom afforded to us by God is a foreshadowing of Jesus' sacrifice. God gave his son whom he loved so that we would have blessed lives with our father in heaven. Only there was no intervention. There was no um, interruption. God fulfilled that sacrifice. He finished the sacrifice. He completed it. And this was our road to redemption. It starts out as a revelation, a prophecy, which is covered in a promise to guarantee us that God will do it, that it will come to pass. And another instance I read in Genesis 32 was when Jacob was at his lowest point, just broken. And this is another instance of Jesus implicitly revealed. He's um, at his lowest point and he grabs a hold of the angel until he was blessed. And Jacob wrestled with God. I believe it was Jesus that he wrestled with because God the Father does not leave his throne. But that's that's a conversation for another day. Um, also, Jacob is saved right after this fight. He is redeemed and redemption is gained through Jesus. After this, Jacob no longer was the con man that he was known to be. He was, he was Israel. His name was changed. His life was changed. And... If we also look at Daniel in chapter three, three Hebrew boys are literally thrown into a fiery furnace, but they don't burn. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon, responsible for getting them thrown into the fire because they did not worship his carved image, confesses in verse 25, the fourth form is like the son of God. And who else could the son of God be but Jesus? Reading it, it says, look. He answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. So Nebuchadnezzar himself sees that this is, this is Jesus. And I love seeing all these implicit revelations of Jesus because it's to remind us that we need a savior, that we can't just remain the way we were. No, we need someone. It can't be us to help reconcile us, to help bring us back. And God knew that we needed help, so he himself ordained for that help to come in the form of his son. The last implicit revelation I have is Psalm 22. And this is a very, a more obvious revelation because from the first verse, we see that Jesus is, is the topic, is the theme. Because it's exactly what he cried out to right before he died on the cross. And this is a depiction of Christ suffering for our redemption. We're given a deeper look into the pain that Jesus felt all while trusting in God to be in control and trusting in the coming reconciliation of his suffering. And if you haven't read this before, I encourage you to read it because it's so good. But these indirect predictions were all meant, like I said before, to show redemption in Jesus. There are many other instances, of course, as Jesus is the living word, but these are the ones that God hyper fixated me to. But stay tuned for the second part where I want to talk 
more about the direct revelations before Jesus came to earth. So this is saying that a Messiah is coming and not just um, the symbolism of a redeemer. But what I hoped you notice in today's episode is that first, God doesn't lie because just as it is written, it came to pass. God is also intentional through giving revelation of our redemption through the suffering of his son and our savior. And finally, notice how these are recurring lessons emphasizing the fact that God is trustworthy and a good God because he wants to bring us back to him. For Christ to have been alluded to this many times before he came in the flesh means that we have always needed him and we can't miss the opportunity to know him. And with that, it's time to close in prayer. So please repeat this after me if you're willing. Lord, I thank you for touching my heart and letting me know more of you today. I lay my old life at the door and walk into a new life with you. I confess that you died, you rose, and you will come again. I confess that from today I live for you I am free by your blood. I am no longer a sinner. You are now my Lord and Savior. Thank you, God. And if that was your first time saying this or you've said that before, I just want to give you a warm welcome to the kingdom. Thank you for listening. This is free indeed. Please be sure to tune in every other Monday, everywhere they do podcasts. Also reach out to me on social media if you would like to. I do respond. And always remember the freedom you have in Christ. And I will talk to y'all later. Bye.